That's right. You can ruin it if you want. You can not ruin it if you don't want. It's fine. Jason Snell, founder of The Incomparable and host of Upgrade, Download, and many other podcasts. What'd you have for breakfast? Uh, what I have for breakfast most days, Brian, which is uh, English muffin, toasted, um, all the way to the right on the little slider on the toaster to make it as crisp as, po- as possible, without ideally without being burned. And then uh, some peanut butter on it. And then sometimes I put jelly on it too, but uh, not today. It's just peanut butter. So all the way to the right. All the way to the right. That doesn't burn it? Uh, if I'm... The, so usually I'm the first person to use the toaster in the morning. <laughs> and so the toaster isn't isn't warmed up or anything. And so all the way to the right actually does not burn the muffin. It makes it crispy, but not like blackened and smoking or anything like that. But I have found that when my son has beaten me to it and has toasted something, then I need to watch it more carefully because... Um, at that point, it will burn it if if uh, it, it's already heated up. I mean, you have to think about what it must be like for that toaster every morning. Like, it's got a lot of pressure. <laughs> you know, you can't like maybe maybe if you try like like talking nicely to your toaster. I, maybe you already do that. I don't want to judge your process, but that might help. I think the toaster's got it super. I think we got a really good relationship because it doesn't ever burn my English muffins, right? I mean, it's always like it obviously is sitting there going, well, I wonder what's going to happen next. And then, it, you know, the little uh, thing gets slid all the way to the right. And it's like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> and but it does a good it does a good job. It, it it does not happen that I that I end up being like, oh, no, the toaster has ruined it, uh, which is nice because I've had toasters like that where to get it to the right setting. It's like you can't go all the way to the right to the darkest setting because then it ruins it. You got to back it off. And this toaster doesn't, is very careful. It doesn't, it wasn't built that way. So uh, it works great. Maybe it was just my childhood toaster. I feel like most of my like toasting that I do today as an adult is always incredibly conservative toasting. I get it like slightly crispy, like only slightly crisp because I do not trust the toaster yeah. as much as I probably should. You, know, you don't want to, you don't want to burn it. Cause that's no good. I find my, my problem is more impatience. Like I just want to eat the freaking muffin and it's like, <laughs> and, and it's like, come on. I mean, I t- actually try to do it where like I take the dog out and I, I try to do other things and re- maybe bring my iPad out so I can like read a, 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 a news story or two in the morning on my iPad while it's going. Cause I don't want to, I, I, you know, I'm otherwise I get impatient and it's not as good. I like a floppy English muffin. That's just kind of, it's no good. I want it. I want it to be crispy. So my dad used to love burned, um, like burned things. And as a kid, it really appalled me. But I, as an adult, I kind of get it. I don't like burned things, but I want it. I want it right up against the edge. Cause I want it to be kind of brown and, and crispy. And, uh, and that's, that's what I'm looking for. Well, when you do an English muffin, the appeal is the nooks and crannies. Right. And if you can't get like just the tips of those, uh, crannies, nice and, uh, nice and crispy and toasty. It's like waffle fans who really enjoy the extra surface area and all the extra crunch. That's how I feel about English muffins in general. Yeah, I agree. If you put some butter on an English muffin, you want oh. it to, you want it to be hot enough that it melts and it gets down in the little, uh, in the little craters and the little, little, uh, nooks and crannies. Absolutely. So, so good. Allison Truge, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, what I always have, Brian, taking over the world. <laughs> uh, today, I had my actual now canonical breakfast of overnight oats 
which is is a new one for me. I I feel like I used to be pretty judgmental of people that could prepare meals the night before, but I have now become that person because I don't want to make breakfast myself in the morning. So I've been doing like oats soaked in usually like like lactate or you know some sort of like soy sort of like substitute because lol lactose. Um and then also some like frozen berries and then when i get to my office i like put some honey on that bad boy and then that's my breakfast and usually i just make like a huge one and i eat half of it for breakfast and half of it for lunch i feel like it has simplified my life so much the way that you use milk substitutes in overnight oats so like the lactose isn't an integral part of the process to you well i mean like it can't be it yeah I'd, it'll make me ill <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I, I will admit, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of Twitter hate for this. I absolutely use Soylent in my overnight oats because I didn't have any milk left. And you know what? It was actually really good. Jason, have you ever tried Soylent? No, of course I haven't tried Soylent. What am I good? <laughs> what do I look like? Of course I don't. Yuck. <laughs> Not knowingly. I mean, somebody could have, like, a, a, an assassin could have come into my house and snuck Soylent into something that I would eat. But knowingly, willingly? No, absolutely not. As somebody who lives so close to San Francisco and Silicon Valley, I love how you reject that kind of dude broiness in terms of Soylent. <laughs> I feel judged. I mean, what is what is yogurt but Soylent that is natural? But anyway, my, my I, I, you know... <laughs> I, to each their own about Soylent, I don't understand it at all. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't. Goo, drinking goo instead of food. Yeah. No. I wholeheartedly support your decision. Uh, as much as I love Soylent, I totally understand people that do not want anything to do with it. I feel judged and hurt. You know. No, it's okay. It's okay. Jason loves don't us. Don't name your product <laughs> after the food that was made in the dystopian movie with with where it's made out of people right like like branding 101 it only tastes a little bit like people though jason oh it's made of it's just it's made of people it's made of people is what i'm saying <laughs> that's true that was a weird marketing choice on their part i still don't understand that but i'm gonna put that bes- behind me to be fair that was soil and green there are lots of other colors it could be soil and some other color and not green only the green is people it's possible and also all of their like visual branding and visual messaging is very like stark and clinical. Like the bottle itself is like incredibly like minimalist and all of their marketing is kind of like stark and like washed out. I, I definitely I agree that the choices is an interesting one. But I would I would have Soylent on a dare, but that, that's that's the level. That's where I take it. That's, I would never seek it out. But I would I would if somebody like brought me some and said I dare you, I would I would have it. But that's it. That's <laughs> as far as it goes. And for breakfast today, uh, I had a bowl of Reese's Puffs because I traveled today uh, anywhere from like eight, nine, ten. I've been getting lost track. Uh, I traveled a long way from New Jersey to Boston today, so I did what I always do when I have a long travel trip and go for easy, convenient breakfast and enjoyed a bowl of Reese's Puffs. And in the continuing saga of Brian despising soggy cereal on this podcast, I was uh, in preparation for tonight brewing up a cup of tea. On the counter uh, across the room while I was uh, while I was enjoying some Reese's Puffs and my timer went off just as I finished pouring everything. And so I thought, crap, wait, 
I have to go across the room and deal with this tea now. Do I sacrifice crunchy cereal? Or do I enjoy oversteeped tea? And it was a very difficult Sophie's breakfast choice. What did you do? I sprinted across the room, ripped the infuser out of the cup, and then came back and scarfed down my uh, my <laughs> my Reese's Puffs so they would stay as crunchy as possible, and then enjoyed my uh, hot cinnamon tea. Brian, I'm right there with you. Um, nothing more stressful in the morning than... I, I actually... Here, here's one. I get the tea uh, for my wife and for me. And I put them, and I get milk out of the refrigerator and put it because my wife, my wife has uh, uh, milk in her tea. So I, I, I put honey in my tea. We, we can get to the tea stuff maybe later. I put milk in her tea, and then because only I only have two hands, I take the two mugs back to the bedroom, and then I come back out if I'm having cereal. Then I come back out and put the milk in the cereal. I could put that milk in the cereal at the same time that I put the milk in her tea, but do I? No. Why? Because there's the round trip time all the way to the bedroom where I'm trying not to spill the tea and then all the way back out. And that's like, no, the moment the the milk hits the cereal, it's like a ticking time bomb. You got to you got to be ready to eat it the moment that the milk hits the cereal or or why are you even playing this game? Jason, you're on team crunchy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. No, it's got to be that way. The other the other week it actually happened where. Uh, my daughter needed me to do something for her in the morning before she went to school. I can't even remember what it was. And I had just poured the milk. And it was like, but, but I can't. I, the milk is in the cereal. And, oh. It was super stressful. My breakfast is more important. And no, I, I, I prioritized my daughter. And you know what I got for it? Disgusting cereal. No. I am so sorry for your palate that day. Uh, what was the cereal, perchance? What is your go-to cereal? It is the uh, Kashi uh, Honey Oat Heart Healthy. It's the one with little circles, and occasionally there's a little heart in there, but it's not like a nice, a fun cereal where the heart is a marshmallow or something. It's just more of the same cereal <laughs> shaped like a heart. But that's our that's our, our grown-up cereal here at, at our house. Um, my kids uh, occasionally are allowed to have a... My wife is my wife is a um is a, a an anti sugar cereal person um I think only because she was raised that way and so I and I I wasn't and seriously don't care so like for my, for my kids <laughs> birthdays and and things like that we one of the presents they get is a box of Lucky Charms or Fruit Loops or something oh man which is great for them but for us it's mostly the boring cereal I was also raised as a no sugar cereal like kind of childhood. And what I got for it is a mouth of cavities anyway. Yeah, yeah. I Well, I had the cavities, but I also was able to just eat Captain Crunch right out of the box with my hand as, my, as a child, <laughs> right. which is the best. The best. I mean, I guess that is the crunchiest. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting here like, I really like soggy cereal. I want it to be as soggy as possible. <laughs> At XOXO, Jason, when uh, the Arments recorded their top four about cereal, I enjoyed uh, Honey Bunches of Oats that day and got... Lots and lots and lots of crap from the people that were with us for enjoying, quote, grandpa cereal. And here you are talking about old people cereal. And I think, you know, at least it's not granola and flakes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah. I think that's the term that Jason used was old people cereal. Well, no, I got that from XOXO. Like no. So there's grown up cereal, which is like less sugary and all of that. And that's the, I think the Kashi counts. But yeah, there, there's also, then you can get into, there's old people cereal. 
there's probably a lot of bran in that I'm thinking. And then the, um, there's also like your, yeah, your granolas and, and, and uh, things like that, that are, are not what I would even consider a breakfast cereal anymore. That's it's gr- granola is granola. Muesli is muesli. It's not cereal as we, as we know it. Jason, we have you on here tonight to talk about tea. You are the person I know that is the most into tea and has the most experience with brewing tea. So I wanted to uh, bring you onto the show to talk about your experiences with uh, brewing tea and, you know, just talking about what it's like to, like, in the very silly way we do in this podcast, what it's like to drink tea and why it brings you so much joy as it does. You know, tea, I, I'm I'm happy to do it. Tea is great. I like it. I, um... I grew up in a family of coffee drinkers and I never liked the, well, I mean, it's a little more complicated than that. My parents were uh, coffee drinkers and they were smokers and those smells got intertwined indelibly as a child for me to the point where I can't, I don't like the smell of coffee because those, those two smells went together and it's was, it super disgusted me. Like, at the moment I could, I could be away like in fresh air and be away from my parents' house. And I was so happy to be like able to smell scents for the first time when I went off to college and coffee just was like part of it. Just, I, I can't do coffee. That is so heartbreaking, but I so see where you're coming from. Cause actually like the smell of coffee and the smell of cigarettes kind of like, I don't know. Like I totally understand why you would associate those two scents. I guess I also grew up in a house with my dad smoking and also coffee, but I didn't have the same like visceral, like disgust for it. Um, but I totally understand why. Yeah. They totally are related in some way and they kind of go together. And for me, it, it was, it was really repellent. Um, so for me that, that basically what I'm saying is I had like a version therapy at a young age to coffee smell and I can't ever go there so like I I go to Starbucks sometimes and um, I will often change my clothes when I come back because oh my gosh the smell of the coffee from Starbucks it's true um, and so anyway, you know, but who, which some people buy candles that are scented that way. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Right. People love coffee smell. Right. And I just can't, I can't do it. And I, I, I totally accept that it's me. So, but who doesn't like a hot beverage in the morning and you can't always have like hot chocolate. That's a little bit much. Oh, if we could always have hot chocolate, but, uh, so tea, I kind of got into tea. That was, that was my, I, I don't even remember how I did it. I, I went to the, uh, we we did a, took a tour of the Celestial Seasonings factory once, although that's all herbal tea. Although they they do make some caffeinated tea too. And I got you know just going into work every day, and you get to the office and you make yourself a cup of tea because I am not going to drink the coffee. And that's sort of how I got into it. Well, yeah, I I agree. So I've been drinking tea. Like anyone who knew me in high school will will tell you that I would literally come. So I I was in like band and marching band and wind ensemble and orchestra. I was in every single musical ensemble I could have been in in high school. And so every single day of the week, I had to go to like some sort of early morning ensemble. And every day I did that, I brought some different sort of tea latte that I had made myself in the morning. And uh, it was actually something that I forgot that I did. And then I was hanging out with one of my like high school friends recently. And they were like, hey, do you remember that you used to do that like all the time? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like I had a ranking of like all of my favorite Earl Grey brands, like (laughs) organized by like how much bergamot was in them. Like there was this extra bergamot one that I loved so much. And so I totally understand that. And like, I, I really love coffee as we've discussed on this podcast, but I feel like tea is a very different kind of caffeine in the morning. Like it, it doesn't make you jittery. 
Um, even the strongest teas I've had don't, like, make me feel like I'm, like, jittering. Um, I feel like it's a really great way to start your morning. Now that I, like, don't really drink hot bre- hot beverages anymore, which is, I think, an effect of living in New England. <laughs> um, and, like, having iced coffee even in the middle of a blizzard. But, yeah, I, I totally get it. And that was something that I did for a very long time, particularly tea lattes. So, Jason, tea for you wasn't a caffeine thing? It was a hot beverage thing? Uh, well, I mean, it's a combination of those things. It's a hot beverage thing and it's a caffeine thing. I like caffeine. I'm a big fan. It very rarely makes me jittery, but I do think it has a, I do think it has a positive effect on me, and it doesn't. It rarely has a negative effect on me. So I do like to have it. Um, and it's yeah. Beyond that, uh, yeah, a, a, a couple milestones. The the Celestial Seasonings t- factory tour was interesting because I had known it as the place where you get you know your sleepy time tea and your lemon zinger tea. These gentle herbal teas but they had a tea in the shop there called fast lane and i'll just tell you you can if you if you google it google image search you can see the the uh, label on fast lane is like a superhero flying two sleepy workers into the sky <laughs> don't all of the celestial seasonings boxes have like bears on them no. or am i just thinking of the sleepy, sleepy time box? i think you're just thinking sleepy time the lemon zinger is like a lemon and a lightning bolt they have they have <gasps> if you go to the factory you can see the original artwork that the, that uh, they commissioned to uh, put in the on the boxes. The originals are actually up, or at least they were ten years ago or whatever when I went there. Oh, uh, I would really love that. Celestial seasonings was a really big tea moment for me. Wildberry zinger still brings back so many memories. Yeah, that's that's one of my uh, daughter's go to ones. Um, anyway, Fastlane it was formulated to just be a gigantic caffeinated blast, and I was like, oh yeah, this is the stuff. <laughs> and then um, I I don't think I started really. Drinking tea every single morning until I don't know maybe ten years ago I was talking to a friend of mine who's a doctor and he was talking about how he gets up in the morning and at like five in the morning and he runs and then he does all this stuff at home and then he goes into the office and I said how in the world do you do that and he said caffeine and I thought oh well he's a doctor <laughs> if it's okay with him and I was like all right then I can then I'm going to do that and I'm not sure. That was an it, that pushed me kind of even further into it, but uh, but definitely a black tea is my preference um, in the in the daytime. Obviously not at night because I I don't want to keep myself up all night. Um, but but black tea in the daytime, English breakfast, and other styles like that are definitely the the direction that I've gone with my uh, with my tea making. For me, uh, I got hooked onto hot beverage in the morning ritual through coffee. And as I went on through college, I realized I could not enjoy coffee after like 4 p.m. before, you know, my night would be ruined and I couldn't sleep. So I started picking up herbal teas as a way to have a hot beverage later in the day. And to me, that's like when I whenever I want a hot beverage, I have to think about how much caffeine I want. Uh, I don't drink much coffee anymore, despite my love for it, because caffeine has such an effect on me. And I wish... I wish, I wish, I wish that I could be like so many other people out there and enjoy a jolt of caffeine in the morning to get you through the morning and, you know, get you on the path to do stuff for the day. Which it seems to me that like so many other people are able to do. And, uh, you know, the way you have your morning ritual, Jason, it makes me feel like, you know, my my morning ritual is kind of roll out of bed. And if I need caffeine because I'm so debilitatingly tired, I will seek it out. Yeah, I just assume I'm going to be debilitatingly tired and I just go straight. It's just going to be there. It's just, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to not have it. I mean, there are, we were just, we were traveling over the summer and we had, we took a road trip and it was one of those things where it's like, yeah, I could not have tea this morning, but why would I do that? 
Why? Well, and also tea is one of the easiest things to do while you're traveling. All you need to do is carry around literally like a tea bag and get some hot water somewhere. Well, you say that, but like we live in a coffee society. Coffee is very <laughs> easy to come by. Tea, less so. I, I understand that you're, you're right. On one level, coffee can be more fussy, but like if, you, if you're roughing it. But if you're anywhere near like a place with stores or restaurants, like a hotel or or if you're even like renting, we, we stayed in a bunch of like ski condos that they rent out during the summertime for cheaper and it's beautiful up in the mountains and all that. I mean, everything's got a coffee maker. Every Everything is geared toward that. Tea a little bit is a little bit trickier. A lot of restaurants don't understand tea. Um, if you're flying, like airlines don't understand tea. Some do, some don't. And because you gotta, it gets, cause it's complicated, right? Cause the, with, with, a like we don't have, people don't carry around pitchers of coffee and tea in restaurants here. They just have like, uh, like at a diner or something, they've got coffee. If you go to Europe, especially if you go to like Ireland and England, they'll have black tea in a pot too. And they'll be like, you want tea? Here's some tea. Which is just amazing that when I first saw that in Ireland, I was like, what is happening? There's just tea. What I wouldn't give. Yeah. I would like go to diners with my friends in high school who like also were very into tea. And we'd go in and be like, what are your selection of teas? And usually the waiter or waitress would kind of be like. Lipton. uh, Lipton. Lipton. (laughs) Lipton. If you want that. And And then, of course, their conception of making tea. You know, tea is f- there's a little bit of fussiness required for tea because you can't keep the bag in there the whole time, right? So, so p- and people don't understand that who don't un- who don't drink tea. So they're like, yeah, I just, uh, you know, put this bag in this hot water that's not boiling probably and it's just going to sit there for a long time and that make that's going to make tea, right? And it's like, no, 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 no. No, that makes really bad stuff that is not tea anymore. That makes bitter, <laughs> awful well, badness. I mean, my favorite thing that happens in diners is when they bring you a cup of hot water and then the tea bag on the side. I'm like, this is not, I do not deserve to live this way. Yeah. I, I, there, there are gradations. Like sometimes there, there's enough detail. Like sometimes they'll bring you like hot water. Well, I, the worst is when they bring you the hot water with the tea bags already in it and no place to put the bags. And it's like, Ooh, I can't right. leave those bags in there. Like after three or four minutes, they got to come out. And then where do I put them? And then you're like, can I, I, I will oftentimes like take the saucer. If they've got a teacup and a saucer, I'll take the saucer and I'll park the bags on there. But you know, that, that comes back to like, there's this complexity in tea making that people who are not tea drinkers don't understand. And it's not like a super wine um, kind of like fussiness. That's all about like the ritual. It's like literally the longer you leave black tea, especially bad in there uh it oversteeps and becomes like horrendously bitter and awful and not drinkable anymore so like you gotta get you gotta get them out there they like the cereal and the milk brian <laughs> like that right it's like you can't there's a ticking time bomb there but it also makes me i guess characteristically a soggy cereal kind of person because i remember vividly and i understood the, that you were supposed to take the tea bags out of the like like mug like out of the travel mug or whatever I'd bring and I still wouldn't oh. because I actually really liked the taste of the bitter black tea and I know that I'm in a, such a minor- minority there no, that's not good but that's not... I was a big fan mm-hmm. that's not I think there was a certain part of my life where like I, I really loved the satisfaction of being able to pour scalding hot water on top of like a black tea bag and having it steep until like I got every little bit of flavor out of it there's something like incredibly satisfying about that process that I love Including the bitter yeah. flavors, apparently. That's right. You gotta gotta <laughs> gotta get those out of there too. Gotta get the bad flavors, good and bad, all flavors out now. Come on. I mean, that's what love is like, you know. 
God. When you think about the fussiness of extracting flavor-soluble molecule or water-soluble flavors from different materials like coffee or tea, the amount of fussiness that goes into it is slightly different. I, I, I can't think of any analog in tea to like, well, an AeroPress makes this kind of smooth cup, but a French press makes this kind of oily cup. Like in tea, it seems like it's a lot simpler yeah. in terms of the actual mechanics while still being just as important to do right. Well, but you can still get as fussy about it as you want. Like you can still get to the temperature of the water and like you can like time out like black tea, you're supposed to steep, I think like six minutes and green tea, three minutes. Like, it gets into different variations and how long you're supposed to soak it. There are a lot of rules. Yeah, there are a lot of rules. Yeah, and, like, you can't squeeze the tea bag. That is the cardinal rule as to well, not getting the bitter flavors in your maybe, cup. Maybe, although some some of that, I, I think, is, is just a cultural thing. It's just, like, do you put your milk in first or do you put the, you know, milk in the cup first or the milk in after the tea in the cup? Like, there are some reasons why you might choose to do one or the other, but it's also a, you know cultural thing a class signifier there are lots of lots of different things that go into it i'm not sure how many of those are real and how many of those are not real but there's definitely some of it that's real for sure like when you go to a fancy third wave uh, coffee shop where you can buy an eight dollar chemex of coffee that was just freshly made for you when they do tea i've seen places go as extravagant as here is your big teapot with the infuser inside and a little tray for it. And we're even clipping on a timer to show you when this timer goes off, you remove this and you enjoy your tea then, no before. <laughs> yeah. That's actually really convenient. That's very nice of them. I mean, they could also just wait until it's uh, steeped and then pull it out and serve it to you right right then. But they got other better things to do and they just give you a little timer. That works too. That, that works great. Well, that's probably that's probably designed for people like me that actually kind of like the bitter flavors, and they just want to leave the right. tea bag in as long as they possibly can. That's right. You can ruin it if you want. You can not ruin it if you don't want. <laughs> it's fine. Everybody, because the customer's <laughs> always right. Jason, you mentioned uh, traveling with tea earlier. Can we talk about thermoses for a second? How do you travel with hot tea? Because I know you went on that big trip a little while ago. Well, I bought a thermos for it because I'd never had a thermos before. I mean, I, I just, I've never, I've never had, I had some tra- travel mugs that I use occasionally, but I'd never had like a real pro- pop- proper like vacuum thermos thingy. And I bought one, I bought the wire cutters choice, which is this Zojirushi uh, uh, travel thermos thingy. And it was, it was great. I mean, we used the one, the one day that we didn't have access to hot water, we made tea um, or we didn't even make tea. We made, do we make tea or did we, I think I just boiled water and put it in there. Uh, before we left the previous place and then the next morning we made tea and it was you know it was warm and not hot at that point but it had stayed warm in the thermos um problem with the the thermos as great as it is is there's like a right temperature to drink tea before it gets kind of disappointingly cool but it's not like fresh off the boil when it's fresh off the boil it will burn you so the problem i had with a thermos is if I if I put the tea in fresh off of the boil or fresh off of the steep, then and I did this the other day when I was driving to to uh, down to Apple for a, a briefing, and like the the thermos did its job. It was too hot the whole way. <laughs> And I kept drinking it, but it was like, it could be a little cooler. And I should have just like unscrewed the cap and let it kind of like, it needed to be down, I don't know, five or 10 degrees. It was just a little bit too hot, but it's pretty amazing the physics of it, that you can keep something 
uh, that way. Because what I do at home is our teapot will keep things um, pretty hot for about an hour. And then after that, it kind of gives up. And then if you want to drink more tea after that, then it's into the microwave with it. And because there is that, there is like a right temperature. And sometimes I'll I'll put it in for 30 seconds or a minute and I'll be like, yeah, it needs a little bit more. Because there is, I, I don't know what that range is, but there's like a good drinkable range that I like to have the tea at. And, um, and sometimes it's too hot and sometimes it's too cool. But also, like, is it really breakfast if it doesn't hurt you? <laughs> well, that, that's a good point. I mean, I would. Most important. Don't meal. get me wrong. I would <laughs> rather it hurt me than it just not be hot enough. I, I would take too hot over hot enough. I think that was on my OKCupid profile. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds. I mean, oh, yeah, I think so. That makes sense. It's a. It's a words to live by. <laughs> Inspired by your conversations about traveling with that thermos that kept things too hot. I set out for a search for a perfect perfect thermos as well, and I wanted to go for the classic, you know, Grandpa uh, Stanley brand army green uh. kind of massive thermos uh, because I knew, you know, they were tried and true, and it's about as masculine as I can handle a product to be. And I wanted something that I could fill it with a hot beverage, forget about it, and then the next morning have it still be hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, which it sounds like your thermos did a very good job of. And the one I wound up getting, which was a Stanley brand still, but much more modern, you know, sleek, uh, stainless steel uh, kind of oblong model that uh, I too, Jason, wound up filling with hot water and then using that hot water throughout the day for things without having to reboil, you know, a big thing of water. So I kept a stash of cold brew nearby so I could have hot water or, or, or hot coffee with it. Uh, I steeped tea with it at one point, and it, it worked relatively well, but I also have a small, you know, Tivana brand, uh, which is like the hot topic of tea, it sounds like. I have a uh, Tivana brand tumbler with an infuser inside for oh, travel, which is nice, but it still doesn't do the... Um, the you can do the infusion while traveling but it's still a little bit of a hassle i was talking to somebody on twitter today who mentioned there are models where uh from the outside while it's closed and steeping there's a latch you can pull that'll separate the tea from the water say while you're driving after five minutes go by it it sounds like a wonderful wonderful world of uh you know people that can brew tea on the road there's a lot of gadgets out there i mean on our road trip we generally uh, there was one day where we were at at a like a hotel restaurant and we're driving it was the day we drove home actually it was our last day where we asked asked the lady at the diner when we were done with our breakfast to um if she could give us a fill up of the of our thermos and and uh and what did we do yeah i think i made the tea um i think i made the tea in the thermos and then pulled the and pulled the tea bag or pulled the yeah i think it was a tea bag and pulled it out uh, we did it that way, but most of the times I brought. So we we've got a couple of those uh, little in mug infusers, basically, and that's what we did when we traveled. Is that you know I I brought those with us and uh and a a thing of of uh, loose tea, and I would just you know put a teaspoon in each infuser and pour the boiling water over it and let it sit for five minutes and then or four minutes and then pull pull them out and we had mugs of, of tea, and that was it's pretty straightforward, pretty easy. It's about as easy as it gets. Um, and I, I mostly did that cause we got a lot of loose tea in the house and the loose tea is, I like, I like it better than the stuff that we've got in bags if it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we brought. And then we brought a little Ziploc with some tea bags in it for things like the diner where they've got Lipton and you're like, I got my own tea bag, just give me the water. <laughs> I feel like that's one of the things about tea that I really love is that like 
there's something like I, you know, coffee is always like it's a cowboy thing and like brah, masculinity, it's so toxic, brah. Um, but like I really feel like tea. I I I definitely appreciate that. Like we live in a coffee drinking society, and it was not the most easy to like just go to a place and drink tea. But also, I st- like tea is one of the one caffeinated hot beverages that you can make that is acceptable that you don't need a fancy gadget to brew um whereas like coffee like you i guess you could like cook coffee like on a stove top but like no one would do that so like you need some sort of device whether it's like an aeropress or a french press like you need a thing to make it whereas all you need to make tea is like boiling water in a cup and so i think that's for like for a while in college that's what i was drinking not only because i loved tea but because i was like i can't afford a mr coffee um and also clearly if i had a mr coffee brian would break up with me as uh we noticed in the joe Steele episode hey Mm. hey yeah the tea Look, but these these things can be as fussy or as not fussy as you want them to be. Like I got into loose tea because I I had a first I had a I mean we've got the tea robot now, but but first I had a tea pot with a with a a, a strainer kind of in it, and so you'd you'd put the loose tea in there and then fill it up. And we had a little my wife knitted a little uh, a cozy for the teapot, so it would stay oh. extra hot. And then you know after five minutes or four minutes you pull the strainer out and then you've got the little teapot and you can fill it up and and put the cozy back on to keep it warm and it's all really nice so i got the loose tea but you know uh, that that was mostly because of that hardware but they, they make really great tea that comes in bags and although i think americans have this um inferiority complex about tea that like oh tea bags are bad i think it's that fussiness showing through where it's like it's you care more if you have the loose tea and then you do it yourself but the fact is if you go to england where and and you know the UK in general uh where they are really like tea is part of the national identity um they all they all use tea bags they, they it's not like it's not fancy to do loose tea loose tea is nice and most of the tea i drink is is loose tea but like there are lots of good tea bags and the british use tea bags and they know better than anyone about tea so tea bags are fine and then and and to your point once you got tea bags and all you need is hot water. Like, all you need is hot water, and you can have tea. And that's what I love about it. Yeah, you drop it in, count, you can you can wait three minutes and take it out and have good tea, or you can just leave it in there and have whatever that is, and uh, you're good. <laughs> Called an Allison Trude. Yeah, yeah, it's the Trude tea. <laughs> Although, also, fun fact, if you go to the Cantab Lounge in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and you order an Allison Trude, you will get a glass of whiskey with tears in it. Anyway, um, to the to to your point about, like, people in the UK. I actually, uh, like, early in my college career, I was dating a British dude, and I was, like, so starry-eyed. Like, he was talking about, like, PG tips, and I was under the impression, I was like, oh, that's, like, really great tea. And then I finally asked him about it, and he was like, it's builder's tea. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but it sounds fancy. It's not fancy. (laughs) It's, like, the least fancy tea. It's, like, almost less fancy than Lipton. I love PG tips, though. It's Britain's number one tea, it's it's way it's that's the, the that's the tea bag we have at home is is PG tips. It's it's Britain's number one tea, and they come in the little triangles. It is it it has got the neat bag, the little pyramid bag. It is way better than Lipton. 
like not even close. Lipton's okay for like iced tea, but like for hot tea is is no good. For sure. And it is builder's tea. I I was talking about PG tips with um because I bought some when I was staying at a friend's house in England, and he said um he said it's fine. We'll get we'll give it to the builders. <laughs> <laughs> because like that's yeah that's like all of the burly you talk about masculinity uh modeling brian like the burly uh builders in, in england who are like putting on a second story to your your cottage or their or their uh you know anything like that pg tips they're all drinking tea that's like the the, the manly uh builders tea that's incredible yep. uh you you brought it up you brought up the tea robot mm-hmm. you want to talk about that for a second uh what what's it been like living with this beautiful robot in your house does it feel like someone's listening to you? It's the most impractical thing that I bought in a long time, but you know what? It is I love it and it it is totally worth it to me. It's probably not worth it to almost anybody else, but I love it. And it is this uh it is this uh who oh, I can't even remember who makes it now. Um Breville. It's uh Breville. I've got the Amazon yeah. link up here yeah. cuz I look at it way more often than I should. It's uh, yeah, it's a Breville tea maker and basically the idea there is you can do it the night before or you can do it in the morning. I usually just do it in the morning and I don't I don't put get it together enough to do it the night before, but you put water in it and it, it, cuz it's a kettle, but you put water in it and then you leave there's a there's a fill line and um and it has a little metal basket and you put tea in the metal basket. And and it's got a little plastic lid, and you put that on this post in it. It's got a magnetic post, basically, and you press the button, and you can. It's got settings, since uh, you know, which Chuch talked about. Like you've got your your green tea and your herbal tea, and they all have like different temperatures. Like green tea is supposed to be at a lower temperature for a different length of time, and all that. It's got settings for all of that, all the different kinds, and there's a custom, so you can pick your own temperature, pick your own steep time. You press the button. The point is, you put in the water, you put in the tea in the basket, and you press the button, and you walk away. And it it makes the tea for you. And people are like, oh, I can make my own tea. It's like, well, I can make my own tea too. I told you I used to have the ceramic teapot and I would do that. But the thing is, I'm barely awake. I desperately want my tea. And the last thing I really want to do <laughs> is sit there and wait. Like I told you, I, I, I'm so impatient for the toaster, I'm super impatient for the tea to be done steeping. And then the worst thing is, yeah, then you get distracted. If you get distracted, now the tea is steeped too long, right? So with a tea robot, you press the button and you you go away. And when it beeps, the tea is ready. And, and what it has done is it has boiled the water. It has lowered the tea into the water. It keeps it down there for your steep time. And then it lifts it back up, which means that if you press the button and go back to bed and are back in bed for half an hour because you fell back asleep, when you come back out guess what's there is it is it tea that only truth will like or is it tea that i will like and the answer is it will tea, it is it is no no because you know you can you you maybe don't care about the steep time but i care right but what it did is after five minutes of steeping it lifted the tea out and it kept it warm and so it's like perfectly steeped and still hot even like if i fall back asleep uh for half an hour and uh so i just press the one button and it's done and it's great and I love it. And it is, yes, I can make it myself every day. But I, if I had if I had a dollar for every time that I made some part of the team making process completely wrong because of my half of my brain was asleep, I would have a lot of money now. And the T-Robot <laughs> is, is way more foolproof and easier for me to be lazy. And that's why I love the T-Robot. I have two thoughts. The first is that I feel like a T-Robot wouldn't, uh, solve the problem that I most have with tea and like honestly any hot beverage that I make myself which is I make it and then I forget about it and then it's cold and then it's awful so the, one of the nice things about the tea robot is that after it's done for the next hour it keeps it at that temperature whoa 
I, okay, so you solved that problem. My next question, it, it, this is a second thought, but it is a question, that when the robots take over, do you think that your T-robot will spare you? This The T-robot is very limited. In fact, John Syracuse would tell me it's not a robot. I asked him because it doesn't... It, <laughs> In fact, he, I, I asked him if it scuttled around on the countertop, would it be a robot? And he said, no, it would need to get off the countertop and move around the house, which is why I thought I now need a robot butler to bring me the tea when the tea robot, because the tea robot beeps and I'm back in bed and I'm like, but um, who's going to bring me the tea now? And the answer is nobody, because the tea robot doesn't move. So there are some <laughs> holes in my in my strategy here. Um, but I, I would like to think this is a primitive enough robot that... Um, the other robots aren't going to want any tea. Really, it's only for humans anyway. So I think it'll, I think we'll be okay. But is it like your toaster? Is it like your toaster where like you guys have a really good relationship, so you know it treats you really well? Like, is it that sort of relationship? Yeah, the tea robot never never uh, leaves me down. Never never lets me down. It's 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 <laughs> it's a faithful companion, and I clean it. You know, every couple of months, I give it a nice cleaning so it's all shiny and happy. <laughs> Would you say it's never going to give you up? Uh, it might give me up, but it's never going to let me down. <laughs> I will oversteep your tea anarchy style. Oh, God, I have a tea robot, too. It's my boyfriend. <laughs> he brings me the tea as well. And it, I've already declared that it won't move, so it's therefore unable to run around and desert me. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have talked enough about sous vide that, like, you and I both know the extreme, beautiful, wonderful convenience of sous vide, in addition to having amazing food at the end of it. This tea robot seems to scratch all of those itches as well in terms of prepping early, pushing a button, walking away, and having it come back. Or you being able to come back and have it be perfectly made every time with no regard to time. It'll keep it warm for up to an hour after. Like with sous vide, you can leave things in the bath as long as you'd like and it's not going to affect the food overall. It feels like an, an appliance that works with your life in a way that most others don't. Yeah, and, and that it is a luxury, right? Because you could do it all yourself. But what is technology other than a thing to make us uh, make our lives easier by doing things that we could do ourselves, but would really rather not. I'll also point out that I would think that the the T-Robot is more silly than it is. I would think that if I didn't grow up mentioning my parents and, and their love of coffee, we had a coffee robot when I was a kid. You would literally put coffee beans in this and water in this. And every morning at like six freaking o'clock in the morning, what do you think would happen? <laughs> The grinder goes, the grinder goes, and it grinds the coffee beans. Two elephants enter the room. (laughs) And then, and then it, and and then it puts in the water and then, and and then it drips it down into the, into the, uh, into the coffee pot. And then my parents would come downstairs because they didn't hear it. I was downstairs. I got to hear the coffee machine going and they would have, they would have coffee. And so as a tea drinker, I was like, you know, that that was really clever, that automatic coffee maker. And they they make the T-Robot. So that that was partially an inspiration for that. So, you know, they have been making machines to make sleepy people not have to go through the steps of getting caffeine for decades now. And I'm happy to have one in my house. Excellent, excellent. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. We didn't even talk about kinds of teas, but I, I'm not much of a, I like, I'm super into English breakfast, Irish breakfast, Scottish breakfast, just black breakfast teas is sort of my thing. I've got some Darjeeling that I have sometimes, like in the afternoon. It's a little bit lighter. Um, I'm not into green tea. I like herbal tea in the evening, on a, like a in the winter. Like I'll have a lemon zinger from Celestial Seasoning or something like that. I got sick a few months ago and was like up all night throwing up and things like that. And then I will tell you at about like 10 in the morning when I finally 
I my uh, sickness had subsided and I got to have the first thing I got to drink um, was it was a cup of sleepy time. Yeah, and it was literally the best tasting thing I had ever had in my life. Oh. Sleepy time was actually the first ever tea I had, and I have a like concrete memory of drinking it. I was literally seven years old, and I was sick, and my mom poured me a cup of sleepy time, and up and to this day. If I smell sleepy time tea, I feel like comforted. Uh-huh. It's like comforting totally, to me. Totally. Um, I also really love black teas. Uh, when I was in the height of my tea days, I was drinking mostly uh, Irish breakfast and English breakfast. I always felt like Irish breakfast had a little bit more caffeine in it. I don't know if that was placebo or not. I also really loved a tea. So <laughs> I did this thing uh, when I was a senior in high school, and this was like especially the height of my treat my tea drinking days if i look back on my like facebook like time hop sort of deal it shows me that every tuesday and every thursday for a solid like three months i would post it's tea tuesday or it's tea thursday thanks for the memory facebook um (laughs) so i was broken up with in high school and it like really really like shook me to my core um and every time I felt sad about it, I would drink a cup of Celestial Seasonings honey chamomile. And that tea also, to this day, even if I just smell it, it makes me feel like like everything's going to be okay. So, true story, the um, at the Celestial Seasonings factory, they have a mint room. And it's like a vault. And you can guess probably why it's like that is that if they left the door open, everything they made would just be mint tea because we walked into the mint room. It was spectacular. Like it opened up parts of my sinuses that I didn't know were there. (laughs) The mint was so powerful. Um, But from that mint comes things like the like the sleepy time. And uh, it's great. So, yeah, herbal teas are great, but just uh, just uh, they aren't going to wake me up in the morning. So. They have their place. Jason and the Tea Factory, where mm. Jason finds a golden ticket and then enters the mint room. Uh, there's no way of knowing which way this mint is growing. Ooh. There's mint. There's I little green men in there who sing, and they're called the mint juleps, something like that. Oolong, oolong, doopa dee doo. Oolong tea does not have mint in it. I know, but it's the tea. F- Never mind. They're the oolong mintas. <laughs> That's who they are. My favorite teas are, uh, if I'm not doing something herbal, just because it's something that I need to you know, keep myself sustained throughout the evening uh, with something that doesn't have any caffeine in it, I go for uh, something either very spicy or something very, very fruity. I love blueberry. I love lemon. Um, but i am lately been doing uh, a lot of cinnamon teas and a lot of chai, uh, which has been absolutely incredible in terms of giving you something to wake up to in the morning that has a certain level of kick to it that isn't necessarily caffeine, but is still like a nice kick to the mouth of flavor. Chai tea also holds a very special place in my heart. I had a ranking of chai teas for a while, like all the different brands ranked on like how much cinnamon was in them and how spicy they were. I have no opinion about chai. It's not for me. (laughs) I feel that. I feel that. Especially when it comes to like a world full of teas. Um, there's so much there to choose from that you don't need to have an opinion about everything. I tried my first green tea the other day, and first of all, getting it to exactly 160 degrees is something that I don't think would have been possible for me without a uh, without my super fancy electronic kettle that yep. can uh, program a temperature into. 
But it was tasty and very, very mild and, to me, not worth the effort of going to so many extra steps to get something very specific uh, that didn't gel with me. Jason Snell, uh, thank you so, so much for coming onto the show. Where can we find you online? Where can people that are listening to this uh, find you? Oh, just go to jsnell, J-S-N-E-L-L on Twitter. That's probably the best thing. Or you can find all my things at sixcolors.com, theincomparable.com, and relay.fm. Hooray! Thank you so much for being on. Yay!